So I'm supposed to be introducing a video series that we may or may not be starting today. <laughs> uh, I will see if Brandon gives me the thumbs up for that or not. Okay, getting the thumbs down. Starting next week, <laughs> we are going to have some short videos focusing on uh, literally some characters from uh, the Old Testament. Um, they were part of the lectionary this year, um, and they teach us a great deal, and I'll talk a little more in my sermon about the promises of God. Um, and they connect to stories of Jesus throughout Lent. And uh, having talked with Chad and with our music team, you know, most years during Lent, we kind of talk about, we get dark and we talk about the serious stuff. And we all agreed we had had enough this year. So we thought maybe like something kind of fun before this, the sermon would be welcome. So hopefully by next week, we'll be able to have that. Um, but if not, uh, I will still be able to offer the scripture and uh, hopefully a good word for you. Reading from Genesis chapter 9, starting in the 8th verse. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with you, every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many that came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I've established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So Brooke and I have developed, this is not an original practice, but it is our practice of doing pinky promises, you know, where you link your pinkies and this means that we are really serious about what we're saying, like she really, really won't zerbert me when I really just want a kiss on the cheek. And I really, really won't tickle her, even though it's very tempting sometimes. But it also means that the screens will get turned off without, you know, maybe an attitude following it. And it means that when I say I'm going to stop doing a work thing, I really will stop to be able to play with her. Pinky promises are more than, sure, I'll do that, you know, sometime, maybe, at least in our house. Now, you may have a different way of signifying in your home or your life about what it means when you promise to do something. Promises are found throughout Scripture, um, though they're most prevalent in the Old Testament, as we heard today. Stories like Noah and Abraham and Sarah, like Moses and David. God made promises to all of them. Promises of protection, promises of blessings, of freedom, of God's favor. And then as we know, Jesus, in Jesus, God fulfilled the greatest promise of all to give us a Messiah of salvation. And so these stories are the focus of our Lenten series. These stories about promises. We heard our hymn today, we are going to be standing on the promises of God for this season. And most weeks, we're going to start off with a video, <laughs> an animated video uh, from Reform. One thing you do need to know is uh, when we are allowed to post it, uh, we have permission to use it for one week at a time. 
So you got to watch it this week if you want to watch the video uh, in addition to it. Um, but each video focuses on these characters of the Bible. And what I love about these videos is these are real characters. Uh, these videos, they're very theologically sound, they're funny, but they also don't shy away from how complex these characters are. We see the good and the bad. Sherry's here, and she used them in the women's retreat, and part of what we lifted up was the good news is they're not perfect people, but they are often very faithful, complicated people. And this week is Noah's story about the rainbow after the flood, and the story gets paired with, uh, in the lectionary, is the baptism of Jesus. So clearly water is a major part of both of these stories, but it's there for very, very different reasons. Now water, just like promises, have been a part of the story of God, the biblical story from the very beginning until the very end. There is a river in the book of Revelation. It reminds us how powerful water is as we know in the story of Noah and the flood today, powerful enough to destroy the world. And yet it's the exact same element that's used to baptize. It's used to symbolize a clean start, a washing away of sins. For Jesus, it marks the very beginning of his ministry. In the first story, God tries to wash away the people first, but sin stuck around anyways. So God had to figure out a different way to manage sin. The other thing in common is in both stories, the sky opens up afterwards to reveal a God who wants to make contact, who wants to reach out and to make a covenant with humanity. First, it's with Noah. And it's a promise that he repeats three or four times in the passage over and over again, a promise of protection. A promise is the sign of the rainbow, that God will never destroy the earth ever again, that the promise or the covenant is with all of creation. I love that we can still access this sign after a rainy day, if we're paying real close attention in the sky, or even just on a sunny day when a light comes through the right window through a prism and we can see it on the floor. Our cats find those great because we need reminders. God knows that when things seem the bleakest, we need a reminder that God's promise still stands. That that promise didn't end with Noah, because in the next story, when the, the skies open again, they're over Jesus. As he's coming up out of the Jordan, having just been baptized by John the Baptist. And once again, the voice of God came from those skies. And unlike the early part of Noah's story, the voice didn't come bearing judgment or criticism. It wasn't naming sins or transgressions. No, it was the voice of God coming to proclaim that Jesus, the poor son of a carpenter, once a refugee, says, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Instead of sending a flood and saving just one man, God sent one man and saved the world. When God makes a promise, God makes a promise. It may take a very long time 
but God has all of history. Humanity may work its hardest against with our sin and our selfishness, our apathy and our own judgments and prejudices, but when God says, my covenant is with you and your descendants, that covenant stands. These are just two of the many stories that are meant to remind us of God's promises, what God means when things are really serious. As a church, of course, we have been through an actual flood in our building pretty recently. <laughs> we can all remember that. My office was at the end of the hall for a really long time. <laughs> and it was frustrating, but certainly not life-threatening, having no idea of kind of the flood of things that were coming with this past year that would cover the whole world. But I do like to say that we are people who have been through the waters. We know what it means to be overwhelmed by them. At times, we know what it means to have been wrecked by them. But we are also people who have walked through the same waters of baptism that John offered to Jesus. And every year, we offer a pastor's class inviting people into those waters, and we will this year after Easter. Because those remind us that we have been washed and been cleansed. We have been renewed and we've been commissioned like so many before us. That we also bear the mark of belovedness by God. Those waters remind that we have heard God's promises to us and promised our own faithfulness to God in return. That doesn't mean... Like, no, we didn't see this part of the video, but Noah has some questions, hard questions for God. We can also ask God hard questions. We can also fall into times of doubt and despair. But Noah is also a reminder and shows us the strength of faithfulness in spite of many, many struggles. He was building something no one had ever seen before. And as a church, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're building a church in a way people have never quite seen before. Chad was talking about it in a class he's taking on children's ministry. It's like building from the ground up again. A church we haven't seen, one that's virtual, one that's over screens. We're creating community in whole new ways. We're learning to literally use a new language here to embrace new patterns and new practices, letting some things end in order for other programs to grow, to reflect on all that we've learned and all the ways we've expanded. Noah's faithfulness in the face of that flood, his trust in God's promises, puts him in this long line of people of faith that leads all the way to John the Baptist, that leads all the way to Jesus, to Jesus' disciples, and so many hundreds of years later, Faithful followers who continue to proclaim God's promises as true and stand on them. We read these stories because we need this reminder that God's promises still hold true. That our church community still stands. That we have not lost everything in the flood. And on those weeks when I start to question like Noah, rainbows almost always appear. 
when I need them the most. Like getting to see so many of you this week face to face and be able to mark you with ashes and remind you again you are already fully loved and fully forgiven. Being able to repeat that again and again. Remember the promises of God. To read about the Benitos shoveling the crumbs driveway and offering uh, to help the Tafts and other neighbor nearby. To see the food delivered to the funeral home on Friday and Saturday to support Joanna. To get the texts about new life being born in the midst of our church. Love and care and new life have not been lost. Church and church community cannot be taken from us and is not lost. I don't think it's a coincidence that rainbows were what we asked our children to draw back in the beginning of the quarantine and to place them in windows when we were all taking all those walks just to get out of the house. I don't think it's a coincidence. because they were there to remind us that this would not last forever. To remind us that God wants to save us, not destroy us. That despite all that we have lost, we are not lost. God has not and will never abandon us.